Hi everyone, welcome back to Content Swap. This is the podcast where me and Parker swap content <laughs> and talk about it each week. Yep. <laughs> You're joined yeah. by, well, you said me and Parker. I'm Parker. You are? Aaliyah. Hey. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, usually, uh, usually I begin, so I was like waiting for you to say more stuff, but... Uh, What's going on? Um, uh, like in life. Yeah, you know, before we talk about our two movies this week, uh, what's going on in life? Yes, sorry, I'm a little sleepy today. Um, a few new things. Well, first, I finished Coffee Talk. Today. What's What's Coffee Talk? What? Coffee Talk. Tell the people. Yeah, Coffee Talk is a cozy game where you basically like play as a barista um but it's actually like really deep and there's conversations about like i put in quotes like race because like they're like fantasy creatures but like there's a couple that come from different backgrounds one's an elf one's a succubus and it's like their parents just like don't like the like the other (laughs) species i guess yeah so it's like causing conflict in their relationship um there's like and every day starts with like the news and so you like see what's going on like and it mimics real life so they had like couchella and like <laughs> couchella couch couch chella, like couch oh, cou- like couch, like couch? yeah oh, okay okay um and it was like talking about like the drugs that were like busted at couchella and like <laughs> do you remember that year of coachella where there was like a herpes outbreak <laughs> Uh, no. You don't remember that? No, I do not. This was like, I want to say like, 2020, 2020? Wait, when did the pandemic happen? When did COVID? 2020. Okay. Yeah. So COVID-19. It was the COVID, I mean, it was the Coachella before that, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Coachella 2019, there was a... There was like a whole conversation of like a herpes outbreak from the people who were attending and... Huh. interacting with one another <laughs> well, that could be that could be oral herpes i mean yeah okay but i'm just saying like it's just funny because it was in the game as well like it was part of the news oh, in the game. <laughs> okay okay yeah sorry i i got distracted my my notes the font size was like extremely small so i had to fix mm-hmm. it while you were talking yeah uh that's funny yeah so there was like news things going on that like mimicked what had act like what actually has happened in in time in real life yeah uh, which i thought was really interesting and funny art art imitates life yeah no it was like super super deep super interesting and it kind of left on a cliffhanger so now i gotta play coffee talk two but it's like is it episode two that they called it it came out it came out this year yeah yeah when did the first coffee talk come out um probably 2020 because the dates are 20 like it goes by date like every day and so it's it was like in the fall of 2020 oh okay so it's been like three years i guess yeah yeah well yeah you gotta play the new one i know because i'm like oh my gosh it just like dropped this like news on me at the very end what's up with that like you'll have to you'll have to tell me later what that is for sure no spoilers (laughs) no um but also started a new book i was going to read tj clune's book but I think I've done too much fantasy and I need a break from fantasy. So now I'm reading this book called um, The Mostly True Story of Louise and Tanner or Tanner and Louise, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically about, and I don't know, I don't know, I just started, so I'm only like 40 pages in, but it's this older woman 
who uh, this 21 year old start like moves in with her to be her like caretaker. Um, but also like the 21 year old is like kind of in a funk. She's depressed. She's like, all she does is play video games. She like name drops a bunch of video games like Horizon mm. and like Forza and like all this stuff. Hmm. And so she moves in. But this older woman, I think this is just my guess. Again, I have not read enough. So th- this could be completely incorrect. Mm-hmm. I think the older woman murdered someone like a while ago. And like she receives this letter that's like that freaked her out. And so she like needs to go on the run. And I think Tanner's going to go with her. And it's going to be like this weird, like kind of like funny, like. I don't know, like funny, like adventure between these, like this twenty-one-year-old and this like eighty-year-old woman. <laughs> fun on the run from for murder adventure. I guess. So. Okay, interesting. I don't know if she murders someone. It could be completely different. All I know at this there's point like is a there's mystery. a mystery. Yeah, there's okay. this letter that like has freaked out this older woman. I so see. She feels like she needs to go on the run. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> but it seems like really. I mean, I think it's inspired by like Thelma and Louise. I've never. I've. N- seen I don't that know movie, any. Yeah. So, um, I know there's Thelma and I know there's Louise. <laughs> yeah. And I think they drive off a cliff at one point. Yeah. And I Susan Sarandon's in it. That's yeah. all I know about that. Yeah, I think it's like because there's a quote at the before the book even starts that's from Thelma and Louise. So I'm pretty sure it's like taking inspiration um, from that. Okay. But I don't know. She's. Inter- I love. I like. It. What draw drew me to it was just like. You have like someone who's like so young and someone who's like a much older, and so like I want to see how their characters interact and yeah. Right, repeat the name of the book. It's called the mostly true story of Tanner and Louise. I'm pretty sure. Huh, Tanner and Louise, mm-hmm. and it's like Thelma and Louise, but mm-hmm. Tanner's stepping in for Thelma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So. And so far, I'm enjoying it. And who is the book by? I have no clue. It's on my iPad. <laughs> you ah. could look at it if you want. Uh, it's a it's a new release. It just came out. Gotcha. In like the past two months or so. Okay. Well, yeah. You, if anybody is uh, interested in that, you can go ahead and Google it, and mm-hmm. I'm sure you can figure out who wrote it. Yep. Nice. So that's pretty much it. That's it. Yep. Nice. Okay. How about yourself? Um, things are good. Mm-hmm. I am also a little tired. It's Sunday, and it's like the yeah. end of Sunday, so. It's just kind of been a a nothing day, and uh, well, so like I finished The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess this morning. It's probably the fourth or fifth time I've played that game, um, but yeah, I, uh, I finished Resident Evil 4, like the remake of that, a week ago. I kind of started playing it again. A couple like yesterday or the day before, just because it's so good. Um, so I'm like, I'm I'm doing that again, but that's kind of mostly just to bide my time for the new Zelda game, which comes out in now five days, which is really exciting. Uh, like I'm basically just waiting for that to come out, and yeah, I'm in this position where I was playing two games at once, and now they're both done. And I have to wait five days for the next game, so I'm kind of like, what do I do with myself? <laughs> There's tons of things that I can do with my time. Mm-hmm. Um, read your new book. Yeah, well, yeah, I can read my read my new book. Uh, it's called Generations by Jean Twenge. She is a professor, I believe, at San Diego State University, or if not UC San Diego, but I'm pretty sure San Diego State. 
Um, I know she's based out of San Diego, and she does a lot of generational research. Uh, I read a book that she wrote called iGen. I think that came out in 2017, I want to say. She does a lot of... She talks a lot about how, yeah, there's differences between the generations. And in her most recent book, she's got like a lot more data than she did in her previous book that goes all the way back, like, you know, to the like early 1900s and just studying like the six generations that currently exist in the US and how they differ just like on their differences, but how they. They differ because of the technology that was available to them, uh, like when they grew up, and they differ based on uh, world events that happened that like define their generation. So, like Gen Z's world event would be uh, like the COVID nineteen pandemic, and like millennials' life event would be like nine eleven. So. And yeah, talking about like how the technology is different, like, you know, Gen Z growing up with smartphones and uh, just, yeah, all the different experiences that the generations have had. I'm not even done with the first chapter, but I really liked iGen because uh, it was talking a lot about how technology is influencing mm-hmm. uh, Gen Z. Mm-hmm. And it was a really eye opening book. And I think it's very topical right now and it's research that I'm super interested in. So I'm going to keep reading it. I will say it's a bit thicker than iGen was and it's a bit drier. Mm, It's really dense. Yeah, it's just really dense. Mm. So if I do get through it, it'll take me a while. (laughs) I'm like sighing just thinking about it. Um, But it is really interesting. Yeah. Um, I was, when I was at the bookstore the other day... um, there's an author, her name is Emily Henry, and she just came out with a new book. And she's the author of People We Meet on Vacation that we read together mm-hmm. that you absolutely hated. <laughs> I didn't absolutely hate it. Well, you didn't like the characters. You found them Oh, that's annoying. right. I did yeah. not like the characters. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, maybe I should try and convince him we should read this one together. <laughs> like her, her new book? Her new book. Mm. People are excited about it. Well, it would sure be a more interesting read than what I'm currently yeah. reading. Do you typically like nonfiction more than fiction? I do like to read nonfiction about the type of research that I like. Um, mm-hmm. Like this topic of technology affecting people and how we grow up and um, like the psychology of society. Uh, I find that stuff super interesting. Yeah. Um, and that that seems to be like the book to read for that right now. So I'm going to read it. Mm-hmm. Um, you should read that book I read. I read a book about algorithms. In like, And it wasn't even just like algorithms in like the computer sense or like, mm-hmm. you know, like a YouTube algorithm. It was like algorithms in like life, like in law and things like that. I feel like you'd really enjoy that. Oh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> could we be playing a Zelda game or could we be reading nonfiction? <laughs> I mean, like read yeah. it right now I'm just i mean in general reading i like reading nonfiction because i feel like i'm learning something um but like me playing video games is like me reading fiction books mm-hmm. like my equivalent of that um which yeah i'm like more inclined to do generally but yeah i don't know maybe i gotta i gotta keep reading this generation generations book because it is it is dry uh at the moment but i gen was like not that dry so uh, she uses a lot of graphs, 
which every time you see it, it makes you go, what? <laughs> no way. Um, but there's just yeah. a lot of data to support um, her observations. So it's just as somebody who has a, an interest in research and has done research in the past, uh, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, outside of that, I'm watching Dave right now. Love Dave. What episode yeah. are you on right now? I just finished episode I don't four. Know. What happened in that one? Like, what's the general uh, premise? The, well, I'm, I'm, I'm about to watch that episode where he, like, they get stuck somewhere, I think. Oh, with the, at the girl's house? Yeah, yeah. I'm okay. about to watch that episode. That was a good episode. Uh, the episode I just watched, he went... Was he, it in Atlanta? Uh, no, no, no. It was the episode after that one. Um, the episode in Atlanta was really good. I liked that episode a lot. But yeah. the, the one after that was... It, it followed him and his ex-girlfriend in parallel going uh, on different like mm-hmm. romantic ventures. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it was, it was an all right episode. Yeah. I'm really loving this season of Dave. Yeah, it's me too. It's really good. And freaking Gata, I love him so much and he is doing such a phenomenal job. Like yeah. all the emotional, like things that you feel are like all from him. Yeah. And I'm like, please put this man in more things, which I know he's going to be in that like Sydney Sweeney. Yeah. And like whatever yeah. rom-com, but I'm like, no, give him something better. Like, give him a lead role because this man's phenomenal. Yeah, no, I. And he seems so sweet. Like, I just love him. I just like want to protect his little character. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel I don't know how much like the character relates like him as a person in real life. Yeah. But I'm just like, he has like such a special place in my heart. Yeah, him and Dave are playing themselves. Themselves, Yeah. So. But I mean, there's like drama like this stuff did i'm sure did not happen to no freaking dave no, no, <laughs> like no. it, yeah it's like you know it's still for entertainment yeah but they're still like playing their the, own themselves. like name yeah and, like, their own personas. their career yeah yeah um no i mean that's yeah. a gr- that's a great show i'm glad it's back uh i know yeah i know still watching the umbrella academy finished the mandalorian got we got to finish daisy jones in the six yeah so there's you know TV to be watched uh, while I'm waiting for this new Zelda game. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, and we're uh, going next weekend. Mm-hmm. Are we doing a podcast episode next weekend? Probably not. We're going to take I a break mean, for that weekend. We can if you want. I don't see why not. Like, we don't have any plans on Sunday. That's true. That's true. <laughs> true. Yeah. yeah. My parents we could. are working, so yeah, we'll just be at home. That's okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, anyway. Um, yeah, I don't want to prolong this any longer. Let's just get uh, going into these movies. All righty. I'm starting first. And okay. so last week I was assigned First Blood, which is the first movie in the Rambo series. And it came out in 1982. Yep. Um, and so a overall summary. Um, so the story follows John Rambo, who's played by Sylvester Stallone. And Rambo is a veteran who recently served in Vietnam. And so um, at the very beginning of the movie, he goes to a friend's house who served with him in Vietnam. And they were the only two survivors of their like team that was there. Um, and so he goes to his house where I think it's his wife is there. 
and the wife. It's actually not clear yet. Yeah, it's People not don't clear, know if yeah. it's his wife or if it's his mom. Yeah, somebody who's related to him or, like, has some ties to him. Um, let's Rambo know that he is no longer alive. And so this kind of, this news is obviously very sad to Rambo. And he ends up kind of wandering into this, like, little town. And when he gets there, this police officer is, like, just harassing him because he's like, we don't like wanderers in this town. Like, are you trying to cause trouble? Where are you headed? I can, you know, get you wherever you need to go or at least take you partway there um, and drop you off. And so because this police officer just like will not leave him alone, he gets in the car with him, gets dropped off and then like turns right back around to head back to the town. Yeah. The police officer sees this and is like, all right, this dude's like causing trouble. And then just yeah. continues to like harass him. Yeah, Rambo's like just trying to get a bite to eat. Yeah. He's just hungry. Yeah. Um, and because this police officer is harassing him and takes him to the station, and now other police officers are kind of. Oh, yeah, he like places him under arrest. Yeah, he arrests him. Um, he goes to the police station. Other police officers are like, they're like trying to clean him up and everything like that, but it triggers like PTSD. Trigger warning, <laughs> I guess, about mental health. Um, yeah, they like yeah. they go to shave his face because he's got a court hearing the next morning because he got mm-hmm. arrested. Um, yeah, they go to shave his face, and that's when he has a, Which, an like, episode. Which station does that? Like none. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah, for <laughs> like, sure. They're like give him like a bath, and it's like no, not at all. Would a police station do that? Like none they throw that. you in a cell, and that's what they. That's it. <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know if yeah he's getting a spa treatment yeah i don't know um but like i said this triggers his ptsd and he starts to have flashbacks to the war and what he experienced and due to this like triggering um he ends up just like taking off like he beats up everybody at the station takes off running into like the woods essentially and so this creates this chase um where all these officers are now after him because they see him as a threat um, to the town. And because his PTSD was triggered, he is just like self-defensing, which yeah. may, which ends up being like kind of a killing rampage, essentially. Um, and so a lot of casualties occur um, from the hands of Rambo because he's like in this mindset of like, I'm in the war. People are after me. Got to do what I got to do to survive. Um, at some point, the police bring in the colonel who was his like team leader to see if he can help. And he's like letting them know like Rambo was trained to kill. This is what he's doing. This is not his fault type of thing. Um, and like, let me help kind of talk him down. By the end of the movie, like I said, there were a lot of casualties by the hands of Rambo. And by the end of the movie, the colonel gets a chance to talk to him. And it ends up ending in this just really sad speech, which was like so well acted by Sylvester Stallone, so impactful, just about how like he can't stop thinking about the things that have happened to him. He's like struggling with his mental health. As a veteran, he's having a really hard time like assimilating into civilian life. Also, just, like, our systems are so broken that, like, oftentimes veteran get, like, le- veterans get left under the in the dust. And, like, he has nothing. He has, like, nowhere to go. Yeah. Like, doesn't know what to do. And he just, like, is having a really hard time and just, like, breaks down 
right there. Um, And that's kind of the end of the movie. It just leaves off on that note of like... He ends up being arrested. Yeah, yeah, he gets arrested. Um, And it's just really sad. And like... Yeah, it's a downer. Yeah, yeah. Um, So yeah, so that's the movie. In terms of my thoughts... So first of all, I did not think that this is what Rainbow was about. (laughs) Like, I don't know why. I like... I didn't think it was a comedy, but I thought... A comedy? No, I didn't think it was a comedy, but I thought it was just like action-packed adventure type of thing. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know it was as serious as it was. Mm-hmm. And so when we first started watching it, like, and we'd see like these action shots where like the car jumps over and I'm like laughing and you're like so confused. You're like, why are you laughing? And I'm like, because it's like in my mind, I imagined it being like this action-packed adventure. So I'm like, oh, this is kind of funny. Like, look at that shot with the car like jumping over, which like would not happen and like Mm -hmm. all this stuff and then like as we kept going into it i was like oh this is actually really sad (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was kind of bumming me out watching you laugh at first because i was like this is not that kind of movie yeah but like i just like i came into it with this like thought of like oh this is just like a fun i'm not fun but like this is gonna be like some sort of like Big yeah, adventure. big action. Yeah. Packs. Yeah. And it ended up being really depressing. Um, but yeah, but so I honestly have not seen Sylvester Stallone in anything other than the Rocky movies, mm-hmm. like Rocky and Creed movies. And oh, and like Guardians. <laughs> but like, right. I never like I've never taken like Sylvester Stallone seriously. Like, it's just like, I don't know. I just like. Not that I thought he was a bad actor, but I was like, he kind of just like is himself. And it's like, I don't know. He has a very specific brand. Mm -hmm. And so like watching this, I was like, he's crushing it. Like, I don't, he did a really great job in this movie and I never anticipated to like see him as this like phenomenal actor, to be honest. (laughs) And I don't know, that like, that end scene just like, I was like, wow, like that made me feel things and never in my life would I thought like me watching Sylvester Stallone, I would feel something (laughs) that like wasn't just like, LOL. Um, So yeah, I don't know. I was just, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought this was a great movie. I'm wondering like what possibly could happen in the other, like where does it go from here? And is it, and are they all depressing like this because like why would i want to watch that you know (laughs) um yeah i have so many things to (laughs) to say uh that was really fun to listen to you um explain because i have like so many things uh that i I have the answers to so many things that you just (laughs) uh talked about so uh your question about the sequels Mm -hmm. uh yeah they are they decided to call the franchise Rambo rather than First Blood. Like, this movie is just called First Blood. When they made a sequel, Sylvester Stallone made the decision to call it Rambo First Blood Part Mm 2 so that they could then call the third one Rambo Mm 3. But the Rambo 2 and 3 are, like, action-packed like you <laughs> like you think the rambo franchise yeah. is yeah that's what rambo two and three are okay. rambo rambo four is a bit more serious yeah. i would definitely say it's more serious i haven't seen rambo last blood yeah. um so i don't i don't know what that one's all about mm-hmm. but yeah two 
in three are mm-hmm. uh, cheesy. Yeah. Like, yeah, big action. Yeah. A little, uh, I mean, still, like, s- relatively serious. Yeah. But, like, yeah. much more, like, in line with what you think Rambo is. Yeah. Like, I imagined it, like... Like the like, I imagined it as like the fight scene of Miami Connection, as like a long like, right. like motion picture right, that right. like was of a better quality. Yeah, but like, um, yeah, no, it was not that not at, all. at all. I was like, oh, yeah. this is like real heavy, yeah, <laughs> real heavy stuff. Yeah, so I've I haven't seen Rambo three, but I've seen First Blood Part two, and yeah. it it is that movie is still like pretty good, but. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it doesn't hold a candle to First Blood, in my opinion. I think yeah. a lot of people enjoy First Blood Part Two like quite a bit, mm-hmm. but um, this first movie is just like there's a there's a deep message to it, mm-hmm. and like especially knowing what the Rainbow franchise like was at one point. Mm-hmm. If you don't know, it's like a total surprise. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why I picked it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I do need to respond to a few things that you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, something you said was actually inaccurate. He never actually kills anyone. Well, there's like... So there is one part in yeah. the movie. There is one part in the movie where uh, one of the police officers that he beat up in the police station yeah. finds him, and he's on this cliff, Yeah. and this police officer is just supposed to spot him from a helicopter, Yeah. but this police officer also has a sniper rifle, and, like, he has a black eye, and he decides, like, no, I'm killing this man, and Mm -hmm. so he starts shooting at Rambo, and Rambo has to, like, jump off of the Mm -hmm. cliff and land in some trees, Mm -hmm. which Sylvester Stallone had to film that, like, two times, apparently, Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. like, broke his ribs and kept, like, in interviews, he's like, yeah, no, I I wasn't acting on the pain. I was was in pain. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, there's, he then, like, in self-defense, he, like, throws a rock Mm -hmm. at the helicopter and the helicopter like wobbles mm-hmm. a little bit, and like the guy with the sniper rifle was like not seated in a secure way, and he yeah. falls out of the helicopter and mm-hmm. falls to his death and dies. Mm-hmm. But that's like the only police officer that like actually dies yeah. in the movie. He I- does harm people yeah for sure I was like i think that's why i misremembered because like he set yeah. up a lot of trap. like a lot of people got stabbed oh yeah like yeah, people Traps got just like impaled them. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. People got hurt, but he never like directly killed anyone. Mm. But but apparently, like he gets eight years uh, for yeah. everything that happened. Yeah, they because they uh, clarify that in the sequels. Mm. Um, that's not a lot of time. Hmm? So that's not a lot of time. I mean, it's not, but you know, like <laughs> sequels got to happen. <laughs> Gotta get out of jail at some point. <laughs> right. Well, I think in Rambo 2, they the colonel comes back and is like, I've got a mission for you. I'm taking you out of jail early after like three years. And what? he like goes on this mission to find POWs in Vietnam. That's what Rambo 2 is about. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very different. Like it kind of like undercuts the emotional weight of this movie, I feel like. Yeah. And Sylvester Stallone said in an interview that he... Uh, Rambo 2 is his least favorite one because it's, like, a cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, you had this, like, real deep commentary on mental health and also, like, just our systems. <laughs> I keep saying our systems. Yeah. But, like, yeah. Just, like, I don't know. 
the things veterans go through. So really interesting thing about the fact that you're talking about how you were like, wow, like Sylvester Stallone made me feel things. That's like a big surprise. Mm -hmm. So the original cut of this movie was actually three hours long. And uh, Stallone and his agent watched that cut Mm -hmm. and they absolutely hated it. (laughs) They... um, Rambo apparently had a lot more lines and those yeah, like lines, he barely says anything the whole movie. Right. He had a lot more lines and the, apparently his lines were like super cringy mm. to the point where he thought it would ruin his career if this movie came out. Mm-hmm. So he actually offered to buy all of the footage from the studio so that he could just destroy it. Wow. And they they wouldn't let him. So uh, he told the producers like just cut out most of my part. Yeah. And so they cut it down to 93 minutes which ended up actually significantly improving the quality of the movie. Yeah. And then it ended up setting this like precedent for uh, action movie length, like run times uh, in that era. Yeah. After that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right? I feel like that's the surprising thing about Sylvester Stallone is like, like I said, last episode I talked about how I read Erwin Winkler's book, which he's a producer in Hollywood and he's like, he worked a lot with like Martin Scorsese and like, Robert De Niro and everything has been a part of like these really big movies and he was talking about how um, Sylvester Stallone came to him and was like I need like money for my family I need to make this movie and I'm in that was the Rocky movies and mm-hmm. like pitched to the movie and he was like you know my first impression of like Sylvester Stallone was just like well, what does he know like you know mm-hmm. <laughs> which like sucks <laughs> I would hate for that to be my first impression but yeah but then like was like oh this is like a good story and it's like I never thought about how like much Sylvester Stallone puts into like his movies in terms of like the behind the scenes things yeah. and like the craft of it. Yeah. And I feel like that we never talk about that. Like, you know, so it's like he does a lot behind the scenes and like knows what he's doing. And that's yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. He's smart. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying he's dumb. I mean, but yeah, but, but he comes off as kind of this like macho man action hero. Yeah. And that's what he's like. Yeah. It's like I never. Always playing. Yeah. I never thought that he was like behind the decision making. Yeah, like right. I thought he was just casted because it's like, I mean, look at him. He's like yeah. the best kind of hero you would want, you know, like yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a perfect like hero character. But yeah, I just didn't know how in, like involved he was yeah. in a lot of things. So also apparently the studio did not want to include the or they were hesitant about including the breakdown scene at the very end. Yeah. But Sylvester Stallone pushed them really hard because that that scene was kind of like the part of the story that was like this was the whole point of even telling the story in the first place because apparently a lot of the stories that he like he to- he tells this really traumatic story about what happened to him and how one of his friends died in Vietnam and apparently that story was like a real story that an actual veteran had told him mm. um so you know he wanted to really yeah highlight that the fact that yeah the like veterans come home and they're like you know, in, in the case of this movie, there's, like, not enough resources to support him. And, like, the police officers of this small town mm-hmm. are, like, harassing him and, like, hunting him down. And it's like he fought for their freedoms, mm-hmm. and now they won't let him be at peace yeah. in the country that he fought for, which is, yeah. yeah, so wild. And everyone keeps telling the police, like, he won, like, a Medal of Honor. Like, he's literally a hero. Yeah. 
and they're like, we don't care. Like, right. he's in our town. Right, <laughs> it's right. Like, what? Right. It's like, what the heck? Um, okay, let's see what else do I got in here. The movie takes place in Washington. It, t- it takes place in a fictional town called Hope, Washington, but it was actually filmed in Hope, British Columbia in Canada. Mm. So the town is called Hope, but yeah, it was yeah. filmed in Canada. I think the movie that I uh, assigned you was also filmed in Washington. Or I think it was like in between like Washington and Oregon. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so according to Sylvester Stallone, a, a lot of the chase scenes at the beginning when he first flees the police station, he's on a motorcycle and the uh, the police officer, the, like the main sheriff, is chasing after him. Uh, apparently, a lot of that was, quote, horrifically unchoreographed. So, like uh, when they when they uh, launched over that that jump, it like doesn't look like a jump, but they like go over the train tracks and like the motorcycle goes flying and it's like, whoa. And that's mm-hmm. when you were kind of like laughing because that's like a ridiculous jump mm-hmm. distance like yeah. on the road and then a car yeah. does that distance. So apparently the first jump that they did with the car yeah. went too far and it broke the stuntman's back and like they had to refilm that stunt with like a smaller, more realistic jump. Oh so like gosh. in the movie, it's a huge yeah. jump. So that's why I was like, this is so ridiculous. And I was laughing because I was like, yeah. what is this? Yeah, yeah, that was that was the tamed down oh jump gosh. from a prior jump that did not go well. Yeah. Oh, goodness. And also during that scene, the car that's chasing Rambo accidentally like falls off a cliff. Like it slides off the cliff down onto some rocks and flips over. Apparently that was unintentional. It wasn't supposed to happen, but they were like, Oh, whatever. And they, and they left it in. Was and the person they, okay? Yeah. The person was okay. okay. Uh, like it, it just kind of like stumbled down and flipped over, but it wasn't, you know, dangerous, I guess. Well, I mean, it's dangerous. <laughs> it's always <laughs> dangerous, but like, you know, the, the stunt man wasn't hurt. Yeah. Um, but like that wasn't supposed to happen, so they were like, "Oh, you know what? Like we can continue from there." And so they put the sheriff actor like in yeah. the upside down car, and they just continued filming the scene. Wow! Right? Uh, all right. More facts. This is the first of Sylvester Stallone's movies that was not a Rocky movie to not bomb at the box office. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I had to think about like, that sentence I, for a second. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of no- double <laughs> negatives in there. Uh, apparently, all of his non-Rocky movies up until that point had bombed. What are the other ones? I don't know. <laughs> I, I didn't look them up. I just saw that fact and was like, ooh, interesting. I wrote it down. Um, okay, so you made a comment while we were watching the movie that the guy that plays the colonel yeah. feels like he is in a different movie. <laughs> yeah, Which is super great. valid. Yeah, super valid. So... Because, you know, everybody's, like, acting, you know, they're they're emotional, yeah. yada, yada. And the colonel is, like, yeah, almost Performing. Like a, he's performing, like, yeah, Like, it's yeah. very he's, theatrical. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's... It, he, it's, like, a cartoon version of a colonel, yeah. you know? In a sense. Yeah. Um, so, apparently, that actor was brought on last minute, so they had to feed him most of his lines. Originally, his role was supposed to be played by Kirk Douglas, which is mm-hmm. uh, Michael Douglas's father, famous actor. He was in like Spartacus. Uh, 
So Kirk Douglas left the project a day before filming began because they wouldn't accept his rewrites. And his rewrite was that his character was going to kill Rambo at the end of the movie. And there was going to be this big reveal that he did it. And when it showed, like, he, a character was going to get in a police car and drive yeah. off. And we knew that that was the character that had killed Rambo. Yeah. And then he was going to, like, move the rearview mirror and you were going to see that it was him. And he was going to be wearing Rambo's headband. Which is the most ridiculous yeah, ending. Yeah, I would gladly would take the terrible acting over yeah. that ending. Like, yeah. not, absolutely not. So <laughs> yeah, they they had uh, you know creative differences over the script. So yeah. he left the day before filming. They were gonna get this other guy, but that other guy was I think busy or he was injured Dang. at the time. <laughs> so this guy was like the third option. His <laughs> lucky break. So yeah, for his. Like, his first scene, they had to feed him, like, all of his lines. And yeah. eventually, he got to the point where he, like, had, had memorized to, yeah. his lines. But, um, yeah, so that, that might explain a little bit about, like, <laughs> the way his character is portrayed. Well, yeah, he did a great job just, with like, what he was given. had no idea. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um, what a mess. Also, there there's a part where Rambo has a cut on his arm, and it's, like, gushing blood yeah and it looks yeah. really realistic and you're like that has to be real so well, i was like that looks real it I looks say, real. It has yeah. to be real so okay well <laughs> it was not real the, i was like i couldn't imagine he would be like uh, he would faint or yeah, something yeah. so the, the cut on his arm was indeed fake yeah <clears throat> and to see how like sylvester stallone wanted to know how believable it was so he went to a hospital having left like the sewing job uh, on there it, with like because he stitches it up himself in the yeah. movie. Um, so he left the sewing job on there with the blood like still gushing out from like the blood packet, I guess. Um, so yeah, he went to a hospital and every, they like freaked out. They were like, yeah, because it looked so real. Yeah, it, apparently he was like, can I just get like an aspirin or something? <laughs> and they were like, you're the toughest man we've ever met. <laughs> What an ego boost. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, I got this little cut on my arm, and it's just, like, gushing blood. But that's what the, it, like, was, like, pulsing blood, which made it yeah. feel real. Yeah, like, made yeah. it seem real. It looked, no, it looked super real. Yeah. Uh, all right, and then some final facts I have here. There was, so there was meant to be this kind of, like, Frankenstein's monster aspect to it, where, like, you know, because he was created like to become oh. this killing machine yeah and in the case of like this story that monster was created by america mm-hmm. so you know i think that worked out for the how the story was told pretty well mm-hmm. and um oh yeah i guess that's my final fact uh yeah overall what do, what do you think i liked it yeah, I agree. It's pretty well made. Mm-hmm. The shooting location is like very beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's um, yeah, it's got more to say than you think it would. Yeah, it tripped me out when he would like be disguised as like a bush. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. There, are, yeah, there are there are certain shots <laughs> yeah. where like police officers are looking for him, and yeah. he is in the scene he is like camouflaged yeah and you just don't see him yeah and eventually he moves and you're like whoa that was him yeah yeah it's pretty wild uh, yeah they did a really good job and yeah. there's like no cgi you know it's mm-hmm. all just practical 
They don't make them like that no more. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need to. I mean, people were breaking their backs. <laughs> we don't want that. Well, yeah, we definitely don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> true. True. <laughs> it's not worth it. You better CGI that mess. <laughs> um, it's the only other thing to point out. I should have pointed this out at the beginning, but um, Rocky, by the time this movie came out, Rocky 1 and 2 had already been done. Mm-hmm. And Rocky 3, he filmed after this movie. Gotcha. And the original budget was supposed to be $11 million, but it ended up going closer to $17 million. Got you. Yeah. Yeah. First Blood. It's a good I movie. Know. I always forget how old the Rockies are. Yeah. I think the first one came out in like 77 or something. For some reason, I always think they came out in the I 90s. Guess. That's an old movie. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love the Rocky series, though. Even though you've seen one, you've seen them all. But. Yeah, kind of true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, that's, that's everything I had. Nice. All right. Shall we move on? Let's move on. All right. Uh, fill the space while I take a drink of water, please. I'm hungry. <laughs> that was not enough uh, space <laughs> filling. Uh, I needed a little more. That's all I could <laughs> think about. All right. So the movie that I was assigned this week was called Men of Honor. It was made in 2000. Mm -hmm. It stars Cuba Gooding Jr. and Robert De Niro. And just to quickly summarize the movie, I found I couldn't actually like quickly summarize. So I (laughs) I tried to summarize the whole thing as concisely as I could. Uh, so I'm just going to read this big paragraph. I'm like, that's a pretty big paragraph. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so here we go. So Cuba Gooding Jr. plays a man named Carl Brashear. He grows up in Kentucky in, I think like the late, in like the thirties, twenties or thirties. And he eventually leaves home to join the Navy, but he is left to become a cook on the ship that he's stationed on. But wanting to actually serve his country, one day when a bunch of soldiers are out swimming in the ocean, he goes out swimming in the ocean even though um, he's black and the black soldiers are not supposed to swim until Tuesday. He decides to go swimming anyway, and he swims so well that uh, one of the commanding officers takes notice and assigns him as a swimmer. Then one day while he's on that same ship, he sees Robert De Niro's character, who is a master chief diver, do some rescuing, doing some diving, mm-hmm. and he decides, uh, Carl, Cuba uh, Gunning Jr.'s character, decides he wants to become a master chief diver. So he asks to I think join. It's called Master Diver. Yeah, but the, the full <laughs> title is Master Chief. Oh. Yeah. Um, so. He requests a recommendation to diving school. His commanding officer basically tells him, like, they're never going to let it fly because, like, there's no black people in the diving school. There never has been. But I'll give you a recommendation. We'll see how that goes. And he gets there. Robert De Niro is the instructor, and they won't even let him into the school at first. And then eventually he does get in. Robert De Niro lets him in because he realizes that you know, he's, uh, he's got grit. He's got grit. Yeah. There you go. Um, so he gets in, everybody's super mean to him and he proves himself to be like incredibly talented and like the best of the whole class. 
And at one point during an exercise, there uh, two other people are doing yeah doing an exercise like in a ship at the bottom of the ocean and there's like an incident the ship moves around he ends up going down and saving everybody that was involved but then they end up giving uh they end up giving was it a medal of honor to uh yeah i don't know if it was medal of honor but it was like some presidential medal yeah so they end up giving a presidential medal to one of the other guys that was in this whole incident who bailed yeah yeah um so he doesn't get any credit for having actually helped these guys. And let's see. So he eventually, he struggles on all of his tests. And at one point he asks a local librarian to help him. And their romantic tension starts almost immediately. <laughs> and they get married at one point. And eventually he takes his final exam and despite being like completely sabotaged during his exam to not pass, he ends up persevering and he does pass. And you know, it's kind of this story of like against all odds, he like he pushes hard to like succeed because they told him that he would never be able to succeed. And so, you know, it's like this whole the, the, you know, he's got a lot of honor. And so he, you know, he graduates diving school and he works as a diver for a while until one day he is fetching a nuclear warhead out of the ocean because I guess we lost, the U.S. lost one of our nukes in the ocean. So uh, while he is diving to get that, like he gets it and it's on this crane and he's like back on the, back on the, uh, the ship and like something breaks loose and this like piece of metal comes flying at him and basically he gets his leg like pretty much severed off and then he wakes up in the hospital and he's told that he'll never be able to dive again but then he says screw it just amputate my leg uh because he was going to be able to walk again like they put put his leg back on um and he was going to be able to like walk again with a cane but he wasn't gonna be able to dive again he says nah don't do that amputate my leg i'll get a prosthetic and i'll figure out how to get back to active duty within four weeks which is crazy that's such a short amount of time um robert de niro ends up helping him train because now he like respects him and stuff um there, I mean, there's there's more to it there, but, uh, you know, I'm not focusing too much on Robert De Niro's character. He's just kind of, like, mean, but also respects him at the same time. So he decides to help him with this whole four-week training thing. Then uh, eventually uh, Carl reaches the final boss, which is a courtroom full of white men in glasses that are telling him, like, no, we don't want you to return to active duty. But, uh, you know, he insists and that, you know, he's a man of honor and that he is devoted to this. It's like he has sacrificed his relationship with his family to be able to do this. And they say, well, if you're going to return to active duty, the new guidelines, which we wrote, say that you need to be able to walk 12 steps unassisted in this new super heavy diving equipment. And also here it is. Um, we have one. We have one. We have one right here. Um, and they're like, 
you know, we can reschedule to have you try that. And he's like, no, I'm not rescheduling. I'm doing it today, right now. So they they put everything on him. He's struggling a ton. And Robert De Niro's like, I'm going to help him out by like commanding him. And he's like, give me 12 steps. And, you know, he struggles. And he does his 12 steps. And then he gets to return to active duty. And by doing so, he becomes the first amputee to return to active duty. And he's also like the first black diver in the army or in the Navy um, ever. First black master diver. Oh, yeah. And well, so he becomes a master diver two years later. Mm -hmm. And then he retires nine years after that. And that's the end. Yep. That's the whole movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But the movie like really ends when he does the... 12 steps unassisted and returns to active duty mm-hmm. um and the whole like him becoming a master diver and then retiring is told mm-hmm. through like mm-hmm. text after the movie's mm-hmm. pretty much done yeah just to clarify because i don't think you said this but in oh, case you didn't notice this is based on a true story so oh yes Paul it is Brashear based on yes. is a real person <laughs> yes I, I don't know if that was clear um from all the detail yeah yeah he yes it is based on a true story mm-hmm. uh my bad um, so overall, I, I thought it was like pretty good movie. Um, it's, yeah, it's like, it's, it's a story that I didn't know about mm-hmm. and it's a story that's like, oh, like, of, of course there would be like a first black diver in the U.S. Navy mm-hmm. and it's just like, you just don't know the story mm-hmm. and for it to be like this story and for them to have been like sabotaging him and for there to be all this like blatant racism and for him to be like so good mm-hmm. at what he does and to become an amputee and be the first person to return to active duty after having a limb amputated like that's really impressive yeah um yeah so yeah really good movie i wasn't crazy about pretty much every character that wasn't his character because <laughs> they were all racist yeah <laughs> of course you wouldn't be that's the point <laughs> you're not like, supposed to like any of them robert, i didn't even like robert de niro's character like he sucked i mean he ended up being support uh yeah supportful is that a word supportive so thank you <laughs> <laughs> he ended up becoming supportive by the end of the movie but yeah. like he was just a total jerk the whole time yeah um yeah, and I was kind of wondering why the movie chose to, and let me back it up. The whole time, the whole movie, he is talking about how he really wants to become a master diver. Mm-hmm. That's like his goal. Mm-hmm. And it's, made, yeah, that is just made clear from the get-go mm-hmm. when he ex- expresses an interest in becoming a diver mm-hmm. he says i want to become a master diver that so for me as a viewer that became like his final ultimate goal mm-hmm. uh but then the movie ends up focusing on him returning to active duty after mm-hmm. uh, becoming an amputee and so like the story really concludes when he gets to return to active duty mm-hmm. and then it tells the story of him actually becoming a master diver through just like Mm -hmm. and then two years later he became a master diver and i was kind of like i guess i i I left wishing that they had shown that scene like Mm 
So like for the I emotion- jumped two, two years and then Yeah, like-, like show the emotional payoff of like, and mm. then he got to become a master diver and he finally achieved the goal that he was talking about for the whole movie. Yeah. Instead, it was just like, I just had to read it. Yeah. And so that that was like, that's my one critique, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. Um, And the way they depict his relationship with his wife developing is just like insanely fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, But, you know. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. Of, they got a lot of ground to cover. It's a full two-hour movie, so I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Got you. Yeah. So you liked it overall? I would say overall, I did like it. I was wondering. I have. I have a few questions. Go for it. Um, I don't know if I have the answers, but go for it. <laughs> yeah, uh, just a just a few questions. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I don't. Maybe maybe only got one. <laughs> <laughs> um. Like, there was a scene where when he first joined the diving school where Robert De Niro's character wakes him up in the middle of the morning mm-hmm. or the middle of the night, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, 3 or 4 a.m. And he's like dunking his head in the water, like in a bucket of water, like mm-hmm. almost like drowning him. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, like, is Robert De Niro like actually doing that to Cuba Gooding Jr.? Like, oh. it looked so, yeah, like, yeah, rough. I don't know. I tried to look up like facts about the making of it and like what was practically like practically done, what was like visual effects, and I couldn't find a thing. So I have no clue. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it looked like he was actually doing that. Yeah. So I don't know. And like they, the scene where the uh, during the exercise, like the boat had shifted around on the seafloor, and uh, Carl has to go save them. Um, that boat did a lot of shifting mm-hmm. and there, there was actual, like an actual boat on the seafloor being filmed, mm-hmm. moving around. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that is not just something that is easy to do yeah. from a practical perspective, let alone in the year 2000. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering like how much did this movie cost to make? Like yeah, it yeah. had to have been pricey yeah. to do that. I do have that information. Okay. So the budget was $32 million. Okay. Um, so a decent-sized budget. How much it made. So in the U.S., it made a gross $49 million, and then worldwide, $82 million. Wow. Okay. Not, not that much. Not a high-grossing movie. It made its money back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty decent. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess, yeah we're, yeah, we're so used to, like, blockbusters making, you know, yeah. the Mario movie just made a billion dollars. So. Yeah. Um, and Guardians 3, which we just saw yeah. yesterday, has already made, like, $180 million or something like that. So Yeah. Based on that fact that I read, this movie came out the same weekend as Charlie's Angels and Little Nicky. <laughs> I've seen all three of these movies. <laughs> I've never seen Little Nicky, but... Oh, yeah. <laughs> little Nikki's weird. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. Maybe everyone went to see Charlie's Angels. Probably. <laughs> that movie got a sequel. Did they make a Men of Honor 2? I don't think so. Just kidding. Yeah, I guess another critique I would have is like they don't quite. 
I like I guess they kind of explain like why his character is so like intent on the whole like honor thing, but it does kind of feel like it came out of nowhere. I guess it's like what do you mean? based on how his father raised him, he is like he takes his honor super seriously. Mm-hmm. Um I guess it just kind of like it just like from the get-go it's like this man honor like are synonymous and it just I I don't know. I just kind of wish it was fleshed out a tiny, tiny bit more. Like how so? I don't like. I don't know. <laughs> I was like I'm not sure I'm following. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I'm following either. It was just it was something that I felt while I was watching the movie. I was like, mm-hmm. he is just honor all the way, mm-hmm. and nothing can stop him. Mm-hmm. And I guess. I have already explained like why uh, in my explanation of the movie. It's like because they told him he couldn't. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's going against racism. Yes. <laughs> he is doing that. That is, that like is true. An impossible feat. <laughs> yep. Yeah. He is doing that. So I feel like you have to like. That has to be the thing, the yeah. driving force, you know? Because like. Yeah, I guess it's just not a hundred percent clear. Like, they spend very little time on, like, his life in Kentucky. Yeah. So I guess there was just, I, I guess I wish there was a little bit more depicted there to kind of, like, further support how he developed this personality of, like, honor above everything. I mean, I feel like you don't need it because you, you know the times. Like, you know exactly what black people were going through. His father, it's, it's you see that his father's a sharecropper. And yeah. so, like, you don't need to see that in my opinion you don't need to see that to know like i mean clearly it's not a it's a rough life like yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like i don't need to know the backstory because i already know how the story goes we know history yeah well we know a history not the full truth of history based on our education system but that's a whole other story but we know for the most part the details and yeah. so it's like yeah i like i liked that it was kind of just like a we start where he leaves home yeah and we have that one moment with his father, and like that was to me good enough. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> but yeah. Well, yeah. Overall, um, enjoyed watching it. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any interesting making of facts? Um, there was like it was so hard to find anything about this movie. There really wasn't much, and I'm assuming it's because it's based on a true story that it's kind of like. I mean, just, just go look, look. Yeah, up. go look up. Yeah. <laughs> look up, um, Carl. But um, so two things. One thing is because when I was explaining what this movie was, because you're like, oh, I don't know what this movie is. I've never heard of this. And I was like, oh, it's kind of like it gives off Top Gun vibes, <laughs> in a sense. <laughs> I no. Like, I was like, no. I said, <laughs> what did I say? I said like Top Gun, but like a true story. Like it's like yeah. a real person's life. Um, yeah, no, this is not like Top Gun at all. <laughs> I just meant like as like a military story, like a military story that's kind of like. I mean, you could have picked. Know. Yeah, you could pick any other military story, especially I ones guess. that are like based yeah. on true stories, and they would have been infinity closer. In- infinitesimally like, is that a word it's just the, like, closer than top gun yeah <laughs> it's like the first thing well first of all i've never seen the first top gun but based on the second top gun it's like you know the first someone, top gun is like, cheesy yeah i'm like someone just being like i'm gonna do this thing in yeah. the military like woo let's go yeah. type of thing yeah so that's what i was that's why i said top gun however i bring this up because 
one of the producers for this movie was the executive producer for Top Gun. Okay. There you go. <laughs> um, I also learned that it's it can be really hard to film military movies using like actual military bases because a lot of yeah. the landmarks are like gone or like I mean or they're like I think you know active like they're the military is using them you can't just go on them yeah but um so yeah so they had a really hard time scouting locations to film this and they found a naval base um like i said in between i think washington and oregon somewhere around there yeah um which yeah i like never thought about that because i i don't really like to watch military movies yeah it's not my vibe i mean we we did this was our like it was like military episode yeah it was like a war war episode um but yeah the only other fact that i found really interesting and i really want to know the reasoning behind this is so in real life the only person who supported carl was a brazilian diver Mm -hmm. and his name was alberto jose de nascimento i think i pronounced that right okay um but there's no mention of him in this film there's no like basically took him like him being supportive and like placed it within like there's so there's one white guy who's also in the like training with cuba and he's like fairly nice like yeah he's, he's just, nice to him yeah. he's supportive yeah he's just like i mean I, there i i don't mind you being here yeah it's like oh, i hate to say that that makes me feel like cringe but yeah he's just like that kind of character he's well i kind of hear what you're saying it's like yeah. they took the real scenario and then they replaced it with like a white savior yeah kind of and yeah. it's like <laughs> yeah like, i hear why? you why did they do that like uh, so yeah so i don't I don't know the reasoning behind it. I don't know, but... I mean, I think it's exactly what I just said. Yeah. Yeah. Whitewashing things. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So, yeah. So, I have a question for you. Okay, go ahead. If you were to join the military... Oh, sh- <laughs> This is when all of our military <laughs> listeners uh, come after me. Oh, no. <laughs> no. If you were to join the military, which unit would you want to be a part of? So, there's the Army, the Navy, and the Marines, and the Air Force. Uh, well, I mean, the Air Force is pretty cool. Yeah, that's an easy. Yeah, it's it's an easy choice. I mean, the Navy seems kind of interesting. What the Navy has to do for training, they talk about like buds, Mm -hmm. um, is really intense. I mean, all I'm like, I feel like they all 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 military training is super intense. I was reading up on uh, the Special Forces earlier because that's what the Green Berets were, which is what Rambo was. Yeah, Um, Special Forces are from the Army, and that like that's also just super wild like the things that they have to do for training yeah um so i mean i have a lot of respect for the people who go through these trainings and you know fight for the country and whatnot hard to say how i feel about like who we're fighting and why we're fighting them Mm -hmm. um but um you know definitely respect the the work that goes into Mm. like becoming uh, a soldier in the army and the military Mm -hmm. um the air force pretty cool what's the difference yeah flying planes yeah what's the difference between the navy and the marines i that's a good question i don't really know what the marines do (laughs) (laughs) yeah me either um you'd think marine like yeah like marine animals yeah yeah Yeah, like, they they they're uh, recruiting seals yeah. for our. Maybe the navy isn't necessarily always on the water. Like maybe they're like, are on like coastlines. Well, they say the navy mar- seals. 
the Marines. But then there's like the Coast Guard. Or sorry, the National Guard. That's like a whole thing. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know a lot about the military, to be honest. Yeah, no, I, don't, I don't really either. I learned that special forces are like, when we think of, um, you know, like secret agents, like, yeah. you like know, CIA. people. C- well, the CIA apparently recruits from special forces. I mm-hmm. learned on Wikipedia today. Yeah. Um, but the, like, when we think of, like, soldiers going and doing like search and rescue missions with like hostages and stuff that's the special forces Mm. um like front lines Mm -hmm. yeah um hardcore yeah like military uh what's the word yeah operations Mm. um but yeah the air force is cool um (laughs) (laughs) i i believe based on the information that i have the the air force is basically like the harvard of the military because you have to be super smart to get into the air force mm-hmm. um so I, that yeah. makes it like i guess it extra seems more appealing. technical you're yeah. like dealing with like planes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. anyway interesting yeah <laughs> interesting um yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I've got. Cool. Well, which one would you join? <laughs> I like can't even imagine. I can't um, I can't even fathom it. <laughs> like I'm like I would be horrible in the military. I would be crying. I would be complaining. <laughs> like I just couldn't do it. I don't know. I maybe the Air Force. It seems cool to fly. I mean, flying planes seems cool. I would rather be above everybody than on the ground. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. On yeah. the ground seems rough based yes. on every military movie I've yeah. ever seen. Yeah. yeah. So I'll go with that. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, should we go ahead and do next week's assignments then? Let's do it. I feel like this episode's pretty short. Yeah. You know how to be. Nice. Um, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Uh, I can go first. I know exactly what I'm assigning you. You should already know what I'm assigning you. We discussed it ahead of time. We did. We did. I forgot. Uh, I am assigning you an anime called Food Wars. Oh, yay. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. I didn't know you were doing it this week. No, no, no. I I said, do you want me to assign it to you this week? And you were like, yeah. I was like, okay, cool. And I'll just do it. Yes. So I'm, yeah, I'm assigning you Food Wars, which is basically the cooking anime. <laughs> I'm so excited. It's, yeah. It'll, <laughs> I've heard lots of things about there it. There are things. There, w- <laughs> there will be things to unpack for sure. Um, yeah. it's, ve- it's got some aspects of anime that I don't really appreciate. Uh, <laughs> so I've heard, it. yeah. But the food animation is top of the line. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait. You know what I think about so often? That food animation and turning red when yeah. your dad's cooking. I yeah. think about that all the time because I'm like, that's just impeccable. I love, I love food-related things. Like yeah. I love, my favorite kind of books are books that are centered around food in some sort of aspect. Yeah. Like... I love shows about food. I yeah. love when like animation animates food. Yeah. It's just so great. Yeah, I'm excited to watch this because if you get into it, then um, I think yeah. there's like multiple seasons. I've only seen the first two seasons. Yeah. Okay, so, cool. And I think the the seasons, I think they call them plates. God, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Like Food Wars, second plate. <laughs> <laughs> cute. Okay, cool. I'm excited. Yep. 
Um, so yeah, so since we are going back to my hometown, mm-hmm. I wanted to give you a little movie about somebody going back to their hometown. So oh, nice. I'm giving you the Hannah Montana movie. Oh. <laughs> wow. That was not what I expected. I was expecting like, you know, we just did Men of Honor. Maybe you've got like some Forrest Gumpy kind of movie yeah. in your back pocket about returning to your hometown. No. Hannah yeah. Montana. I was going to, I wanted to get, I was, sorry. When I was thinking today about what I wanted to give you, I was like, I have not done something animated in a really long time. Yeah. But, yeah. And so I was between like an animated movie or the Hannah Montana movie. But since you're giving me an anime, I don't want to do two animations in one episode. Sure. So I was like, Hannah Montana movie it is. What, but did you just decide that? Because you said you forgot that I was giving you Food Wars. So. I mean, no. Well, I was like on the, I was still on the fence. Okay. And then once you said Food Wars, I was okay. like, okay. Tight. Yeah. All right. So next week we have the Hannah Montana movie and Food Wars. It'll be so fun. That will be fun. <laughs> All right. And we'll be in a different location. We w- Oh, yeah, we will be. Yeah. yeah, this will be the last time you'll see this background if you're watching on video on YouTube yeah. um, for about three months. Yeah. So we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Sorry, I said that like I was very, bye. <laughs> I was like, bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. <laughs>